launch of promotions really materialised last year in a set of conversations around the fact that there was a build-up of frustration um, in island states, in coastal countries, but also in the donor country community, at the World Bank, um, within different uh, international agencies, the scientific community. It just seemed that there was a sort of uh, bubbling up of a, a sense that we had under-delivered, a sense that the oceans really were uh, in crisis. Uh, ocean science has changed as a result of climate change. We know more about collapsing fish stocks and have real reason to fear that the oceans can feed the billions of people uh, on the planet, including the one billion that are hungry every day, uh, even today. And there seemed to be an understanding that there was an opening um, and that there was a shared uh, or an aligned interest amongst all of these different groups and that perhaps if we work together around some specific goals over the next 10 years, um, we could probably achieve more than we could if we continue to work on these issues alone. There's a very broad sweep of organisations and stakeholders and interests and there are some that would say in the NGO community Yes, of course, any move to save the oceans has got to have the fishing industry on side. But some of those big companies, are their interests really the ocean's interests, like Darden, for example? Well, I would. Uh, I, I think the way I look at it is if you look at the um, shifts that have been made in the last 10 to 20 years in other extractive industries or other resource-based industries, and within every industry there are best-in-class firms and there are the not best-in-class. And there are two dynamics which are important. One is to engage with best-in-class and start talking about what's really possible and start changing the terms of the debate within the industry. And the second is to agree voluntary standards and agree goals and targets which will help a, a rising tide lift all boats. Make it, um, make it not good business to not be best in class. Try to change the debate actually within the industry between different players. So I think that uh, we've got quite clear goals uh, in the partnership. We have quite clear rules about being a partner. And if a company is interested in having a conversation about being part of that, then I think that we're at the stage of saying, OK, come on board. And then as the partnership matures, we'll have to have conversations with people if their practices are not in line with the sort of goals that we've set. There are those on the NGO spectrum who say, you know, that's giving credence and credibility to fishing operations that aren't sustainable but your view is that you start off you get inclusion and then you improve standards I think we've learned a lot in the last decade in particular about how to set standards for particular commodities we've learned a lot from the Marine Stewardship Council from Forest Stewardship Council from the Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil from soy from sugar from cotton all of these initiatives where you've got multiple stakeholders around the table around how do we make this particular supply chain sustainable those lessons need to be learned in particular uh, in aquaculture which is one of the big focuses of the global partnership on oceans and here the industry has changed its tune the industry is saying God forbid that we would have multiple standards. Multiple standards don't work for the consumer, but they also don't work for us as the producer. And so if we could have some kind of multi-stakeholder conversation about what should be the standard for truly sustainable aquaculture, that works for us as a business, because the, you know, the consumer is becoming more and more sophisticated about traceability and about all of the issues in sustainability. But it also works for the small producer who needs to get a foot onto the bottom of that supply chain, and it works for the consumer in the end. So I think that in the last 10 years, there's been quite a shift or a maturing of an understanding about how to make standards uh, and certifications work for everybody in that supply chain. Are the existing sort of frameworks legislatively for the oceans 
the right ones. Managing the global commons is one of the most difficult um, and perplexing issues that our generation faces and future generations are going to face. And the governance models for that are going to have to emerge uh, from the UN but also from other, other bodies over, over the coming period. What we've tried to do in the Global Partnership on Oceans is, um, is say, while that continues to emerge, while that continues to mature, there's an awful lot that we can just get going on and that we don't need to um, have uh, some of the uh, delay in the international and complex process of negotiation around global commons stop us from doing things in coastal waters that we already know we need to do, stop us from taking action on land-based pollution, stop us from setting uh, a framework for standards in aquaculture. We, we don't need to wait for some of the more difficult legal stuff to be resolved in order to just get going. We just have one planet and We've had incredible sustained growth for the last 20 years. We've moved 660 million people out of poverty since the first time we met in Rio, and hundreds of millions more into better living conditions. But we're butting up against the way in which we've used resources and that growth. And if we don't shift the growth pattern to more inclusive and greener growth, we really are not going to be able to sustain uh, people in the kind of dignity and, and respect that they, that they aspire to.